Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. We got some good news and we got some bad news for U.S. men's national team fans. It is game week. The U.S. takes on Japan later on this week in the first of two friendlies that will take place in Germany, the last two friendlies before Greg Berhalter names his 26-man roster that will represent the United States over in Qatar. The last time to really impress uh, and the last opportunity for a lot of these players to stake their claim and earn their ticket to the World Cup. However, this week has been pretty rough with some injuries, with some not so great performances, with some news that, you know, U.S. men's national team fans just don't want to hear, particularly not so close to the World Cup, particularly not the week of this friendlies that we've been looking forward to for a long time. So what happened? Who did what? What does this mean for the depth chart? Who's going to start where? All that and more on this Road to Guitar episode of the Yank Report. What's up? My name is Sam. This is the Yank Report, the show where we talk about the U.S. men's national team, U.S. side. Soccer, all that stuff. If you're into that, hit the subscribe button, hit the like button. Before we get into it, let's hear a word from this week's sponsor. Bet Online is the fastest and easiest way to wager on all your favorite sports, contests, and events with first-to-market odds and lines. Find reviews and news for every league, including Major League Baseball, NFL, NBA, NHL, combat sports, esports, and even golf. Bet Online continues to be the top online resource for all of your sports information from live in-game betting, props, and futures. Head to BetOnline today or use your mobile device to join today and make your first sports bet. Use our promo code BELIEVE50 to receive 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. BetOnline, where the game starts. Heading into the September friendly window, we got some news that we just didn't want to hear. You never want to hear about players picking up injuries and getting knocks right before a competition, and that's exactly what we found out. Eunice Musa. Cameron Carter-Vickers and Chris Richards will all not be a part of the September friendlies held out due to some slight injuries. It doesn't sound like anything that is serious at the moment. However, this was an opportunity for all these players to uh, get some more time to gel before November. And the fact that they are missing this camp it just sucks, man. Particularly, I think, with Eunice Musa. Uh, we've seen Eunice Musa in the last couple of weeks really step up for Valencia and really kind of turn a corner in his career, uh, really show off some things in the final third, some things on offense that we had yet to see from him in his young career. Um, and, and it was really exciting to get that version of Eunice Musa heading into the World Cup. Also has to be said that in the last few months for the U.S. men's national team, so much of uh, the U.S.'s ability to transfer from defense to attack has been Eunice Musa carrying the ball forward himself. That is going to leave a pretty significant hole in the U.S.'s midfield that the U.S. is going to have to replace. Not just sticking in another player to replace Yunus Musa, but figuring out who is going to have that responsibility of bringing the ball up, of transitioning from defense to attack. Something that Yunus has just done so flawlessly throughout uh, World Cup qualifying and beyond for the U.S. Now, there's a couple different directions you can go with this. Um, I, I think uh, Luca De La Torre is probably the obvious player to slot in. Now, that being said, Luca De La Torre has not received many minutes at all since arriving at Celta Vigo. He's gotten some cameos with like 10, 15, 20 minutes left in the game, but it hasn't been all that consistent, and I believe he's still yet to get his first start for Celta Vigo, um, which is kind of tough knowing that we've only got a few months before the World Cup, so I'm not really sure what his form is 
looking like. Uh, but I think that would be the obvious and easiest thing to do. Another solution you could do is potentially slot in somebody like Brendan Aronson or Gio Reyna into that Eunice Musa position. Now, we saw Brendan Aronson in that spot in the last round of friendlies over in the summer. However, we saw that with Reggie Cannon playing as a right back that transitioned to a uh, right center back and a back three. Um, if we did that in this camp, that might push Serginho Dest out to the left back, which is something I'm very much interested in seeing. I'd love to see that formation, and I'm, I'm assuming with the injury to Yunus Musa, we're going to see that at some point uh, in this camp. However, with Serginho Dest playing left back, uh, that takes away an opportunity for Sam Vines or Joe Scally to really show what they can do in this camp. Maybe we don't see Serginho Dest. Maybe he takes a game off and we get to see that formation with one of those left backs. It's just interesting how you know you make a move here, you make a move there, and suddenly you're having to shift a whole bunch of uh, players within the lineup. Uh, and it's something to consider because Greg Berhalter is definitely going to be considering that whenever he puts this lineup together. Speaking of Gio Reyna, uh, the the whereabouts of Gio Reyna, where he's going to play, where he's uh, going to function best in this squad is a, a point of discussion that's been had really since Gio Reyna has uh, been eligible for the U.S. men's national team. Uh, so far, we've really only seen him deployed uh, as one of the uh, nominal wingers, the inside forwards, the, the advanced attackers. Uh, for the U.S. men's national team. Uh, however, Greg Berhalter said in an interview that he would consider seeing him in more or less the same role that Brennan Aronson played uh, in the summer friendlies. So that's something to consider there. Now, of this weekend where we saw a lot of pain and a lot of disappointment for the U.S. men's national team, Gio Reyna was one of the lone bright spots. Uh, he came in in the derby uh, with Borussia Dortmund up against Schalke, uh, and he put together a pretty solid performance. Gio Reyna is a player that, you know, as much as we talk about where he's going to play on the field, he's a player that just finds the game, that drifts around. I, I think he's going to start as one of the advanced wide attackers for the U.S., but I think he's going to drift around centrally and, and come up all over the place. One thing I'm curious about heading into the September friendlies is how a front line of Gio Reyna Christian Pulisic, and Jesus Ferreira is going to function. I mean, we saw throughout World Cup qualifying that Christian Pulisic likes to check back. We see that a lot for Chelsea as well. He likes to check back to the midway line. Uh, in the games against Uruguay and Morocco, it worked out really well because the U.S. would play up to Christian Pulisic. He would check a ball back to Yunus Musa, who would make a direct run forward and the U.S. were away. It worked out a lot. Uh, but if you have Christian Pulisic up there, and Gio Reyna up there. Gio Reyna likes to check back. Gio Reyna likes to drift around, just kind of end up all over the place on the pitch. And Jesus Ferreira, who does the similar thing where he kind of drifts back, uh, takes up different positions around the pitch. Who's going to be forward? Who's going to be making the, the direct runs in behind? I, I think the best case scenario would be if Gio Reyna takes a little bit of that responsibility off of Christian Pulisic, that frees Christian Pulisic up to make those runs in behind like we saw against Morocco where Walker Zimmerman played the ball over the top. Will they have enough time to kind of work all that out in these two games in September? Uh, it creates a lot of interesting possibilities, but it also creates the possibility that all of our attackers are dropping back to receive the ball 
and nobody's forward and we limit that verticality. It's an interesting discussion, but I think it's a very good discussion because we want Christian Pulisic and Gio Reyna, our two most talented attackers, to be on the field at the same time. Something that we haven't got to see a lot of uh, throughout Gio Reyna's young career, but something we're very much looking forward to in September and, of course, also in November. The other big injury blow was at the center back position, a position that's already thin, a position that we already know going in is a position of weakness for the U.S. men's national team. So this is really devastating. Uh, If you're keeping track at home, if you're thinking about the U.S. center back depth chart, uh, maybe you have Walker Zimmerman at the top, whatever. Uh, but then you would have Miles Robinson. You would have Chris Richards. You would have Cameron Carter-Vickers. And to have three of those guys down with an injury uh, is pretty rough. So we're going to end up with a center back group of uh, Walker Zimmerman, Aaron Long, Eric Palmer-Brown, Mark McKenzie. Uh, So that is a far cry from the top four center backs that we could have possibly had. Um, And it's an opportunity for Mark McKenzie, who's been putting together good performances in Belgium. So great to see him back with the team. Good to see uh, Eric Palmer Brown get an opportunity, but also really disappointing, really disappointing, particularly for Cameron Carter Vickers. This window was going to be a big opportunity for him to potentially even earn starting minutes in the World Cup, depending on how everything shakes out. Uh, but with his injury in, in this window, you could even see him potentially missing the World Cup because he's not with the group in this window uh, as Chris Richards returns and if, if some of the other guys put in great performances. Now that we've gotten through the injuries, I want to take a minute to kind of step into the mindset and the shoes of a lot of the players on our team because we've got some guys in some really tough situations. I mean, starting at the top with Christian Pulisic, uh, we know Christian's story over the last year or so. I mean, uh, they have all the turmoil at Chelsea with Roman Abramovich getting stripped of his team. We get the new owner coming in. Uh, We find out that at the end of the season, Christian wasn't happy about his situation, wasn't happy about the minutes that he was getting. Uh, He gets the meeting with the new owner. He asked to be able to leave Chelsea. Uh, His request got denied. Uh, Thomas Tuchel uh, clearly doesn't favor him within his group. Uh, Christian is visibly frustrated over at Chelsea. Then we get the turmoil of Thomas Tuchel being let go, a new manager coming in. Just a a lot of things happening over at Stamford Bridge and a lot of things happening centered around Christian Pulisic. So I'm not really even sure what his headspace is coming in. Uh, You know, whenever you have a player who's an elite athlete, a player at the top of their game, and and Christian Pulisic's at the top of his game. He's playing for one of the best clubs in the world. He played in a uh, Champions League final not too long ago. I mean, this is the top level of the top level. Uh, But to be in that situation where you're making millions of dollars, you're a huge star, everybody loves you, you're you're the center of all these commercials on TV and everything, and you're heading into the World Cup, but at the same time, at your job, at the thing that you're most proud of, you're being told by your boss that you're not good enough at your position uh, and that other guys are being picked ahead of you. That's a frustrating thing to carry. That's a tough thing to carry for an athlete. And, And how is Christian carrying that? Will he carry that into the U.S. men's national team? Or will the national team camp be a respite for Christian? Will it be an opportunity for him to bounce back? Is he going to be able to separate what's going on at Chelsea with what's going on for the U.S.? That'll be an interesting thing uh, for Christian, who actually just had a birthday, so he's a year older now. And he's really the leader of this team. He's the guy that all the players look to. I I think emotionally, he's he's a big leader on this team. And of course, with his play on the field, as Christian plays well, so does the U.S. men's national team. So what is Christian's mindset? 
Very similar to that, we have Serginho Dest, a player that uh, had gotten his dream move to his dream club in Barcelona. He was kind of working his way into the team before he gets a big injury, and that injury causes him to miss a significant amount of time. He misses the entire rest of the season over into the summer. Wherever he gets to the summer, uh, his new manager, Xavi, tells him uh, he is unwelcome, he is unwanted, and he should pack his bags and get out of Dodge. And finally, he gets this opportunity to get out of Barcelona at the very end of the transfer uh, window, and he gets this move to AC Milan. Things seem good at AC Milan. It seems like a fresh start for Dest. It seems like an opportunity where he's wanted, a place where he could be loved. Now, coming in, he was not going to be the starter. Uh, He was going to be off the bench, and I think he knew that going in. However, in in this most recent game, he comes in at halftime uh, and gives up a penalty in a game against Napoli that AC Milan eventually loses, and he's catching a lot of hell for it right now. Uh, So it's been a tough it's been a tough year for Serginho Dest as well. Where is he at mentally and emotionally coming into this U.S. camp? Uh, is he going to be able to separate sort of everything that's happened to him at the, at the club level in the last six months uh, and bring in, in, in the uh, the fresh, exciting, bold, um, just a ton of flair Serginho Dest that we know he can be? And then last but not least, we have Weston McKinney, who seemingly everything is good. I mean, he's getting a ton of minutes. His coach backs him. Allegri has a lot of confidence in him. And it also helps that Juventus have a ton of injuries right now. Uh, So Wes is getting a ton of minutes. However, those minutes have been a bit of a mixed bag. I mean, there's people questioning his fitness. There's people questioning his sharpness. Uh, There's always people questioning his technical ability. So at the same time, you have these splash moments where Weston shows uh, that he has the ability to play at this level. Of course, you have the Champions League goal. But in in the game over the weekend, Wes had some really nice moments where, you know, he, he served in a ball on a platter for one of his teammates that... Uh, put a header right to the goalie. And, and there were just moments like that where, where West really shows up big. However, things are not all well at Juventus. They started the season really poorly. They're in the middle of the table. And there's a lot of rumors that head coach Allegri is on his way out, that he's going to be fired. And, and I think that's a tough spot for West. I think that's a tough spot for any player where, you know, just things are not going well at your club. Your club's in a tough situation. What is his spa- headspace coming into this camp? So we're going to end up with this U.S. men's national team camp where a lot of players are going to be out injured. There's going to be some fresh faces, some guys that are hoping to um, to, to earn uh, the, the final roster spots on the way to Qatar. But a lot of the leaders, a lot of the big guys on the team are kind of in a tough, weird space right now with their club. So how will they be able to transition that? Um, what will they be able to bring to, to this team? And, and, and what will we ultimately end up seeing? There's just, just a lot of interesting things happening. And, and looming over all of this, uh, like a dark cloud, is this reality that the striker, the uh, one of the positions that the U.S. is weakest at, um, the striker situation, the guy who's most informed, scoring the most goals at the highest level, Jordan Pifok, is not with the club. Instead, uh, we got Ricardo Pepe, who arguably was in a similar situation to Dest and uh, Christian Pulisic, where he makes the big move to Germany. It, it just is a complete flop over at Augsburg. Uh, he gets the opportunity to go to Groningen, um, a, a fresh start for him. He gets the goal over the weekend, and that's all well and good. However, there is the cloud of Jordan Pifok hanging over all of this. And, and you know, you understand um, that I understand the argument that uh, Jordan Pifok just does not fit the system that Greg Berhalter wants to 
to play. Uh, and, and, you know, if you look at PFOX contributions uh, for Union Berlin, uh, it is a lot of aerial duels. It is a lot of just throw it up to the striker at the top and have it head him, have him head it down to the fast striker underneath, which is not at all how the U.S. men's national team plays. But it's also an indication from Greg Berhalter that the system is, is, is going to take precedence, um, that we don't have a plan B, that if things aren't going well, we're not going to be able to bring in Jordan Pifok and, and kind of change the game, change, uh, change what we're looking to do. We're going to be doing plan A until, uh, I mean, we're going to go down with the ship with plan A. Um, and, and it's, it, it's a little scary. It's a little frustrating. Uh, and it's tough to see that Union Berlin are top of the Bundesliga Jordan Pifak is a big part of that. He's got three goals on the season already. He's one of the top scorers in the Bundesliga. Let's say one of the top 10 scorers in the Bundesliga. Uh, he's not at the very top, but he's he's up there. Uh, but he's a high contributor, and he's not going to be with this U.S. men's national team, despite the fact the striker is one of our weakest position groups. It's a... It's a lot to swallow. It's tough, man. And I understand why people are frustrated and they're being very critical um, about this particular position and for Jordan Pifok to be left off. Um, I, I definitely understand it. So I, I understand a lot of the things that I've said in this video have been a lot of doom and gloom um, and a lot of stuff that's kind of off field and kind of mindset related. But I do want to paint this picture because I feel like it's very relevant uh, for this this team as, as we head into the September camp. And I'm just very curious to see how they bounce back from all this. You know, uh, heading into World Cup qualifying, some of the big leaders on this team for the U.S. Men's National Team were guys like Zach Steffen, who's not going to be with the with the team in this window, uh, and Tim Ream, who's not going to be with this team in this window. Uh, this is going to be, you know, it's Lord of the Flies. It's, it's, it's the young players that are having to uh, take up this mantle uh, and be the guys that kind of right this ship. And, and a lot of the guys that are going to have to emotionally um, carry, that, that are going to have to emotionally lift this team and get these guys to perform together uh, right before we go to Qatar are some of the guys who are going through some of the biggest struggles uh, with their club uh, of any of the players out there right now. Some of the guys who are playing really well right now, you know, like Brendan Aronson and Tyler Adams, they've not played in a couple of weeks due to the death of the Queen canceling some of their games. So they're in a bit of a weird situation as well. It's just a lot of really weird things that are contributing uh, to whatever the, the, the mindset, whatever the situation is with this group, which is not exactly what I was expecting, you know, months ago, uh, thinking about this window, because there's got to be so much anticipation and so much excitement within this group, because this is the last opportunity for a lot of these guys to either gel or show what they can do, make the World Cup, not make the World Cup. I mean, it is absolutely pivotal. So what are your thoughts on the U.S.'s situation right now? What do you think about Gio Reyna and how is he going to fit into this U.S. men's national team as, as we head into Qatar? I, I think... I personally, I think that he's absolutely everything that we need in a player uh, to, to kind of fix all the issues that we have with this offense. I think he's going to be great. Uh, I'm kind of pointing out some of the um, some of the potential issues, but I think he's going to be fantastic. I'm not really worried about Gio. Uh, he's, he's arguably our best attacking player at the moment and might be one of the uh, breakout players in the tournament. Uh, what do you think about the injuries to Eunice Musa, to Cameron Carter-Vickers, gosh, to Jedi Robinson, I mean, the list goes on, uh, to Chris Richards, the player who was supposed to step in and be the starter right away and just uh, take all of our anxiety away about the center back position. Anxiety right back, 
right back. And, and what do you think about the club situations for a lot of these players? Do you think that these situations affecting Christian Pulisic, Weston McKinney, Serginho Des, Ricardo Pepe off the field uh, and at their club are going to affect uh, anything heading into the U.S. Men's National Team camp? How do you think that that all plays out? Uh, let me know in the comments section. Guys, the Sit76 store is about to launch and we've got the Vamos Estados Unidos hat. We've got the, the Yanks are coming t-shirts dropping. So don't miss out on that. There's always people who hit me up like a few days after the window and say like, uh, is there any way I can still get it? And they're like, no, man, you missed the cut. It, it, you got you to gotta wait till these shirts drop again. So don't be that guy. Make sure you get it uh, whenever you have the opportunity and the shirts are available. If you want the Yanker Fort and podcast form you can get it anywhere you get podcasts as always si puede hablar espanol dma un comentario en espanol guys thank you so much for watching if you want to support the channel you can subscribe you can hit the like button but you can also become a member becoming a member directly supports the channel and makes making all these videos possible shout out to my tier two members manuel aliveres mike irish chris matasa matthew hana matt doyle michael baker and dan mcveigh guys thank you so much for watching my name is Sam, and this is the Yank Report brought to you by Bet Online. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B L E A V on YouTube.